Jaguar. I'm Bentley Brown. Joining me via call is Asad Hassan. And today we What's have a... <laughs> I didn't know if you wanted me to come in or not. Oh God, that's... <laughs> I don't know how that sounds. <laughs> God damn it. We've got a special episode today. We, we chose to go down Jaguar's QB memory lane in honor of what we hope is the beginning of a new... Uh, and fruitful Jaguars QB era with uh, hopefully Trevor Lawrence. We, we we wanted to go back and take a look at previous Jaguars quarterbacks. And, and we found out that that a lot of them have special places in our hearts. And there are some also some other memories that we, for some reason, have been blocking. I mean, like, God, the Jaguars going 12 and 4 with Leftwich and Garrard on the roster. And uh, the fact that we can't remember shit about Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> It, it was, it was, it's, it's been fun to talk about this. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely, man. Especially looking back, you know, there's a lot of bad times and we're hoping that the good times will start with Trevor Lawrence. So we're going to take a second and look back at all the fun memories and bad memories from these quarterbacks. All right, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go back in time. Uh, we'll stick with some of the, the, the more well-known uh, Jaguars to to start a game. Uh, one we've already talked about is Gardner Minshew. Can you give me your Minshew moment? What what will you reflect on most fondly when you think about Minshew? My best memory has to be that Broncos game in Denver where the Minshew magic really started. Good times, man. Minshew hanging in there. Stays on his feet again, dancing around. Dodging tackles now. Throws end zone. Caught. Touchdown! Minshew magic! I was Gardner Minshew for Halloween. I loved his mustache. I loved his style. He just wasn't good enough, Gardner. You just weren't good enough. I have your jersey and everything. I'm just really sad it did not work out between us. But it's over. What about you? For Minshew, mine is, um, yeah, dude, sports bar, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, Foles goes down after that beautiful TD pass to Chark. Minshew comes in. Um, all I had seen is him getting his helmet knocked off in the preseason, uh, which revealed his bandana and um, lovely uh, haircut. Uh, I did not have much optimism for him or the Jaguars, and the guy throws like some crazy 15 completed passes to start. I mean, something insane. Minshew mania started shortly thereafter. That was it, actually. That was That would probably be better than... Any of the games that he won, including the one that we went to in Denver, I think that that moment of just watching this guy come out and complete so many passes, obviously these aren't aren't like the most complicated routes that they're running, but holy God, dude, his NFL career started with that slew of completions and overall good performance. That's my Minshew moment. Oh, that was so sweet. Oh, also thinking I saw his RV in Texas when he went on the road trip last summer. Oh, I forgot about that road trip, man, he's not going to get opportunities like that anymore where they're just giving him RVs and shit. What are you talking about? He's RV on the road. That's like his next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> a real journeyman, right? That just shows what we can do right there. That's just a glimpse. Mm. That we ain't even scratching the 
the surface yet. Do not be satisfied with one and oh. We got a big, hey, another division game coming up. Let's bring it this week in practice. Iron sharpens iron. Let's go win again, baby. Hey, win on three. One, two, three, win. <laughs> All right, let's move on to, um, again, we're going to look at main QBs here. All right, so we're going to skip Cody, go f yourself, Kessler, and uh, move on to, oh, oh my God. Oh shit! Do we have to? Do we have to have a Nick Foles moment? We have to have a Nick Foles moment. Yes. Uh, do we have to? We have to. He's a main QB. Yeah, we have to. Terrible. He, we're still paying him. Yeah. Talk about conflict of interest. We were paying him to beat us, <laughs> even though he came in just for a brief time. <laughs> well, do you even have a favorite Nick Foles moment? I got one. Here's my Nick Foles Let's moment. Yeah. Drops back, deep pass, floating in the air to DJ Chark, and DJ Chark catches the touchdown, mm. and Nick mm. Foles is. Hurt. And that's it. There you have it. Shotgun for Foles. Foles steps. Deep one. End zone. Caught. Touchdown. DJ Chark, the over-the-shoulder grab. Uh, for me, it's the offseason. It's when we signed him. I think he was an interesting case study to debate over and to wonder whether or not someone who Honestly, it had somewhat of a like up and down, maybe even failed career as a starter from the Eagles to the Chiefs um, to the Rams, was it? Back to the Eagles. Uh, winning the Super Bowl, coming in as the second string quarterback to do that. Um, having an, another good year with the Eagles after that. For me, it was like uh, it was an interesting experiment. So my favorite Nick Foles moment is the Jaguars signing Nick Foles, and it mostly went down from there. <laughs> Wow, what a moment. What a moment you just shared. You know, right when this right when I felt this thing break and I was going into the locker room, I just realized, you know, I just realized God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. Obviously you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people, but at the end of the day as I got right, man, this one, this one, this guy, next guy merits uh, like a whole podcast of moments, but we're gonna limit it to one each here. Blake Bortles. Oh man, yeah, you're right. We can't talk about this forever. Blake Bortles, I, I mean, that interview with Barstool, that shit was pretty great. I, I would say just like that whole 2017 season and going to the playoffs with Blake Bortles, it just felt different. It just felt weird that we made it with him, you know? I mean, I get it. We drafted him high, you know, and we didn't get what we expected, and he wasn't very good. But that season, he made some plays, and he had us so close to being in the Super Bowl, which we should have. I don't think it was his fault we weren't in the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. That's my Bortles memory. I miss him still. Play action. Bortles upstairs, wide open. Tommy Bohannon, touchdown Jacksonville. Blake Bortles navigates a drive for the Jaguars. Do you see he got signed to the Rams? It's sad, though, man. We never saw him in Denver. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty upset about that, too. Yeah, he, he he never made an appearance at King Supers. I know. I'm pretty bummed about that, honestly. I wanted to see him. I was looking for him in the grocery store, in the loser section. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, you're so excited about the joke, you couldn't even get it out, huh? Yeah, there's not. I mean, he's not like Florida. There's not any boat stores around Denver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Choking on my chortles just thinking these jokes here. All right, for Blake. Ooh. Mm. Similar to Foles, I did like when he was like his rookie season. I remember watching 
2015 2015 so it's 2015 season is this or 2014 i i believe he was drafted in 14 yeah 14 yeah so blake drafted in 2014 he comes on with alan robinson alan hearns i mean it was it was exciting in a lot of ways we had the whole thing about like a dead arm condition or whatever they announced in the offseason uh after that it was that season or the second one i can't remember then he you know he set some franchise records for passing yards and shit I mean, the guy did seem to have potential. And so I remember this like one sit down interview that one of the TV networks did with him, I, I believe before the London game that year. And I, I like this guy, man. You know, like I could, I could like listen to him talking. He had like a receding hairline. I could really relate to that. Um, you know, premature balding. <laughs> There's nothing like premature balding to bring people closer together. Here's this 22 year old going through what I went through when I was 22. Uh-huh. You know, it was, it was comforting. It was comforting. I liked the guy. I liked the guy. But my ultimate Blake Bortles moment was oh, fuck, after after the Steelers game in the 2017 season playoffs, so 2018, when Malik Jackson is interviewed in the locker room and is basically responding to all these people that have been trashing Bortles on Twitter and social media. Players, right? Players, well, you're, you're, you're trashing our quarterback while you're sitting on the couch at home. Blake Bortles is a dog. <laughs> I remember. You know? I and I was like, bro, that was that was the sickest post game interview ever. I mean, he he was like getting excited, and like losing his breath and shit. And I was like so proud for Malik and for Blake in that moment. So that's mine. That's mine. I like that. That's good. That's a good one. Good memories with Blake, actually. I think he's a fun one to talk about. You know, it was, it was five years too, so four years. It was a while. He's a great leader. You know, he loves the game. He's, he makes everybody prepared. And every time he's going out there, he's a true competitor. You know, he has a lot of heart. And um, people can tell him all they want to, but we know what he can do, and he proved it today. He's a dog. I want to know what Jarrell Casey has to say about him choking in big moments while you sit at home and watch us next week. The next quarterback on my list is quarterback for the NFL-leading Kansas City Chiefs, Chad Henney. What you got? (sighs) Who would have thought Chad Henney would lead his team to another Super Bowl? Maybe his second straight. Just what a guy Chad Henney is. Um, my favorite moment of his was probably when he played at Michigan, when he was actually good. <laughs> Henny for me is like Mike Lennon. <laughs> He's clearly the guy you brought in to be the mentor to younger QBs, but then you wind up starting him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for Henny, this, honestly, man, that's the feeling I got. I'm just like, as long as Henny was a starting quarterback, this is not a team. You know, it's like, they just don't believe in the Jaguars. They don't believe yeah. in the team. There's no, there's no one to, to unseat him. There's no one to replace him. There's no potential for the future. It was doldrums, man. That was f- offensive, to be honest. That was some Gus Bradley time, I think, right? Mm-hmm. But, but my, my best memory with Chad Henney, sometime in 2013, Jaguars were on Thursday night football, and they won in uh, a nail biter. Uh, I was I had a job in in, in uh, North Carolina. I was driving back to D.C., where I was studying at the time. Listened to the game, and Gus Bradley, Henny, everybody went on for the post game interview, and I was I was proud of these guys. That's literally the only time. Okay, that works. So I mean, at least you have a memory. <laughs> at least I have a memory. <laughs> yeah, you got something, man. For someone who manned the helm and backed up Bortles for. F- I don't know, like the f- equivalent of the Chin Dynasty. <laughs> Four plays later, Chad Henney finds Cecil Shorts on third and short. 
to put the Jaguars up 14 nothing. Statistically, he didn't have a great day, but he was very effective. Speaking of dynasties, Blaine Gabbert drafted at number two, man. So this was our Justin Fields. This was our Dwayne Haskins, RIP Dwayne Haskins career. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. Blaine Gabbert. What do we have? Do we have positive memories of Blaine Gabbert? I mean, he seems to be this run of the mill, like, like, you know, oh yeah, he projected going to be awesome, whatever. We won't start him yet. We'll redshirt him. And then people get fed up with, you know, Chad Henney, whoever the hell it was starting. Uh, before, was it Chad? Please tell me it was not Chad Henney. Was it Chad I don't Henney? think so. Okay. That would have been, think. That been insane. I don't think so. So Blaine Gabbert, I didn't know much about him. I just knew we were drafting early. I wasn't as deep into football. I loved football still. I was like, holy shit, oh, we finally got a quarterback again, you know? Like, we're going to be good again. Didn't know much about him. And then when I saw him play, I was like, this guy stinks. Like, goodness gracious. It was pretty fast where Jaguars fans kind of jumped off his train, too. They were like, nah, he's not it either. Like, let's reboot this all over again. And how long was he there? From 11 to 14? Yeah, by 2014, he was gone. Something like that? I'm trying to see who Jacksonville started at quarterback. Uh, before he played in 2011. Was it McCown? <laughs> it's got to be. It could be. Yeah. I can't remember. Luke motherfucking McCown. They cut, if I remember, I think they cut Gerard before. Anyway. And here comes Blaine Gabbard wearing number 11, the 10th overall selection, the youngest Jaguar on this roster, likely feeling the most pressure right now. He tried to act like he wasn't nervous last night, but he's not a very good poker player. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, so I think the next person who deserves to be remembered is David Garrard. Yeah, definitely David Garrard. Uh, David Garrard, fun quarterback. Um, You didn't tell me your Blaine Gabbert memory, though, if you got a quick one. I, I, I have none, dude. I have none. Cool. I, 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 I don't. It's like trauma or something, man. I, I blocked it from my mind. Gotcha. I cannot tell you a sentiment of Gabbert was on the field, did something. I, I have no memory. All right. Um, David Garrard, do you have a memory of him? Many. Me too, actually. I, I have a couple of memories. Mostly our playoff game against Pittsburgh. I just remember where I was. I, I was a seventh grader, too. So it was crazy. I remember watching the game, and I was so excited. Gosh, why can't I remember the play that he had? He had one crazy play. It was a run, right? Mm-hmm. Fourth down. I can't remember everything you know exact, but... I remember when David Garrard was the quarterback, I felt okay with it. I was young, but I felt okay with it. And yourself? Yeah. Um, so with so with Garrard, that playoff game was that's gotta be it, right? That's one of the greatest moments in Jaguars history. And it was it was emblematic of you know why you watch sports. Uh, that the Jaguars are playing away at Pittsburgh, which we've just done well there in the playoffs. And he takes off on a fourth down run to secure the first and set up the win, basically. And and it's like those moments where you wish you weren't in that position with that amount of shit on the line, but someone stepping up and against all odds, pulling it off and trudging across. It was it was amazing memory. And I saw that one. Actually, I saw that day later. It was being replayed. My dad had seen the score of the game. We were in Amman, Jordan. And we, my dad and I got a taxi to go to a specific Marriott hotel that might play these games. Um, in fact, we may have even gone to like two. Like we tried one, went to the next one. 
And so from the bar of a Marriott in Jordan, uh, I watched the, the that play. That's very cool. No, I was I was ecstatic, man. I, I I am I'm surprised I didn't get deported for how I behaved at that at that uh, bar. <laughs> Fourth and two. Can the Jaguars survive? Garage going to run for the first down. And a lot more. He is inside the 20. He's down to the 10-yard line. He's tackled by Tyrone Carter. And now they've backed Pittsburgh into a situation where the Steelers are going to have to use their timeouts. You get in this situation, you need a big play. He takes one look. It's not there. And he just runs it right up the middle. And he has the ability and the talent to run with it. I mean, he doesn't spend a lot of time looking to see if he's going to throw that. I think he had his mind made up. I have fourth down. I have one more play I have to make. I'm going to trust my legs. I guess we kind of left out that the Hail Mary, too, from Gerard. That was a cool moment, too. He's like, and the pass is knocked down. He caught it. He caught it. I'm like, what the hell? All right. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. Gerard. Steps up, fires, Mike Sims, Walker, knocked down. Oh, he caught it! Oh, unbelievable! Mike Thomas, touchdown, Jags! Ball game, 50 yards! Whoa! We got one more quarterback in us. Well, I was going to say there's a little bit more Gerard. So Gerard coming on, he replaced the next quarterback, um, Byron Leftwich, and it reminded me of of Burnell uh, coming on and replacing uh, Steve Berline. Was it Steve Berline? I think so. Yep. You're skeptical, right? You don't want to see someone you already kind of like, or maybe you might feel the quarterback, the first one, didn't have enough of a chance to prove themselves, and then quarterback two comes on and and uh, you know steals the season basically. So I felt like Gerard was kind of doing that to Leftwich. But I, of course, I grew to to love Gerard. I'm looking at our our record from this time. It's weird, man. What the hell? The 20, 2006 season, we beat Indianapolis forty four to seventeen in Week fourteen, and lost the next three games to end eight and eight. Speaking of tanking, good God. Jeez, yeah, and that's Peyton Manning era too, where it was not easy to beat them. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I, I don't know. Like I remember as a kid watching Byron Leftwich, I thought he was pretty good. Not that I knew much about football or anything, but like just watching, I was like, all right, this guy isn't good. I was curious why he was so damn slow, which that an- never got answered for me. I think my favorite thing about Byron Leftwich though was seeing that stupid video. I never got to see it live of when he was at Marshall and they were driving down. I think it was. I don't know if it was like his last game or whatever. But they were driving down the field, and he got hurt, and his linemen are literally carrying him up and down the field, or like down the field as they're driving the ball, and he led them to a game-winning drive. On Leftwich again on second and 10, seam route, he's got Darius Watts inside the 35, and all the way down to the Akron 33-yard line. Now look at this, the offensive linemen are carrying him down. This, uh, you know, I think <laughs> this is the first. I have not seen that. Never. That's amazing. Help your homeboys out. Man, I I don't know what the f*** is wrong with me. I'm looking at our roster. I'm looking at our record from 2005. This would have been my freshman year in college. So I would moved back to the U.S. to Atlanta where I was 
I would go watch Jaguars games in the bottom floor of the Dobbs University Center, the Duck. And I met with one other <laughs> Jaguars fan. This kid, I swear to God, his name was like Dave Patel. Like, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> what the hell? Every week, week after week. And I do not recall that being a 12-4 and four season. What the hell? We went 12-4? and four? No way. 12-4. and four. I thought we would like, we. this is our, this is, what the f- This is when we went to the playoffs with left. Playoffs and everything. Uh-huh. And we played. The Patriots. Patriots and lost. Got killed. Yep. 28-3. Yep. I, I remember that game. What the f***? We, we went 12-4 and four with Leftwich? Yeah. Did Gerard? Gerard must have come in in the middle of the season or something. So who were his receivers at this time? Could I even guess them? Give me a college. Give me a hint. Uh, what year is this again? This is 2005. One of them should be easy. Uh, the GOAT. Jimmy Smith? Jimmy Smith. Man. Jimmy Smith was mm-hmm. Ernest Wilford on this team and like Matt. Ernest Wilford was on the team. Matt, You're right. What about Matt Jones? We just drafted him. Okay. Mike Sims Walker was after, I believe. Right? I only have five receivers on this roster in front of me. So Does it show their colleges? I need some kind of hint. Yeah, there's there's one I don't even f- remember. Uh he's Canadian. Well that doesn't help. He had played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the Canadian Football League. And what was his name? Chad Owens. I don't even know who this guy is. I don't even remember a Chad Owens. And then the last guy, you're you're gonna know, but I don't know if you'll if I don't know what, what pick what what clues I can give here for you. Um play with the Jaguars from two thousand four to two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. He was born in uh Landstuhl, West Germany. That should just throw you off. <laughs> that is gonna really throw me off. Uh played college at the University of Washington. Oh god. I have no idea. Maybe it's someone I don't know either. He was drafted ninth overall in 2004 by the Jaguars. Um, third receiver taken behind Larry Fitzgerald and Roy Williams. He shares a last name with that second person. We had another Williams? What, what was his name? Uh, it rhymes with Veggie. <laughs> I, it is Reggie, right? <laughs> Reggie Williams. It's, yeah. It is Reggie Williams. I was thinking it was him, and then I was like, wait, is that even a real person? You know, you start getting your people mi- mixed up. Ah, damn. It, it, stuff like this is like really hard for me to remember because this is when I'm t- 10 years old. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm just out of it. I just remember there's like very little details about some of these players and stuff. So Yeah, 10 my ass, you were like 16 or something. <laughs> No, I was actually 10. Wow, this has been fun. This is not the way I expected this episode to go. We are deep down memory lane and we're we're not even done yet. <laughs> we're way too deep, honestly. Way too deep. Way too deep. So the next and final uh, quarterback that we will talk about is has to be Mark Burnell. I'm, I'm guessing Burnell's career was more or less before your time as a Jaguars fan is that right yeah in a way yes like part of like where I can remember things about him and stuff Mm kind of gone yeah but seeing him play yeah a couple times what what do you remember with Bernal like what would you say would be like maybe an implanted memory of Mark Bernal I would say mostly like just like watching like highlights of him throwing deep balls to Jimmy Smith and I always thought it was weird he was a lefty Mm mm-hmm 
But I was I always thought and like growing up, like, you know, when Mark Burnell was the quarterback, I was like, Oh yeah, like I thought he was one of the best players in the league. Like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I don't know if that's what the actual truth is. And never actually looked like went back and looked. How good was Mark Burnell? Because you're older than me, so you would actually remember watching him play where I don't. And and you know what I'm remembering with Burnell is that same kind of thing. I mean, this is hometown bias here, but that that Burnell is uh was like one of the top in the league and and you just you just want him to be recognized for that every year. That was my that was my take. You know, Burnell is going to be fourth in passing, third in passing, fifth in passing, that kind of thing. And he's very mobile. He he had like an ACL tear or something um, where he wore wore a knee brace for the bulk of his career, but his mobility was definitely a plus. And if you go back and watch some of those full games that are on YouTube and stuff, you'll you'll see that. And in many ways, he would have been a successful quarterback in today's NFL. It's kind of like when they talk about Steve Nash not being allowed to shoot as much because the NBA hadn't hadn't developed into as much of a shooter's league during his time mm-hmm. and how much more Nash would have scored in today's NBA. Uh, Mark Brunell, in a way, I think would, would, would have fit in really nicely with the offenses uh, that are run today. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Pulling up his, his numbers, so 95. So he, I mean, he was drafted by Green Bay. Didn't play his rookie year. Um, only played briefly in two games his second year, and this is in you know, 93 and 94. So he joined the inaugural season of the Jaguars as their second-string uh, quarterback and eventually won the starting job. So he played in 13 games, started 10, threw for over 2,000, just 2,000 yards that year, um, 15 touchdowns and seven interceptions. But by the end of that year, you know, you knew this guy was, was, uh, was pretty serious. In the 96 season... So the magical second season already. This is like when I, as a little kid, fell in love with the Jaguars. <laughs> you see a team in their second year go to the AFC Championship, which you can say the same thing about the Carolina Panthers, who, who did that in the NFC, right? It's just a, it's an awesome feeling, right? We almost had a Super Bowl between two second-year startup franchises. So Brunel threw for 4,367 yards. Bro, what the f***? Why do I not remember any of this? 4,300 yards his second season. With the Jaguars, that's like that's like modern day NFL passing numbers, um, with a with a lot of picks though, twenty picks. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a lot of picks. But I feel like they take care of the ball better now nowadays in the NFL. And we were young, man. I remember going to these like uh, you know like the celebration of the Broncos game. We went to the stadium and stuff, and they were already on the radio, and everybody's talking about Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith emerging as a, a dynamic duo that season. That's very cool. Oh, so exciting. God, I I, I, hope, I think we're in the right spot for other people nerding out over these things, right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, for, you know, our younger audience, if there is a younger audience, you know, people like me, I didn't get to watch the actual start of the franchise, really. I was basically born when the franchise was like established. So I literally was actually. So And he, he Burnell threw for around 3,000 yards. As low as 2,600 yards and as much as 3,600 yards. All of these seasons, he's missing a game or two for injury, right? All the way through 2002. And he only played three games for the Jaguars in 2003 and then finished his career with the the Reds, uh, followed by the Saints, followed by the Jets after that. Did have a good year for the Reds, for the what is now known as the Washington football team, in 
2005 when he threw for 3,000 yards, 23 TDs, and just 10 interceptions. But overall, consistent guy. I mean, that's, I think my favorite memory of him uh, is, <laughs> well, I met him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it then. Done. As a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool. I met him in like a f- fundraiser or some like, it was a, we're like in a hotel conference room type thing. Hmm. And it, it was the feeling that, that you, it was, is there, he's a franchise quarterback. And actually, I'm a, I'm a little bit butthurt myself when everyone says Trevor Lawrence and he's a he's a franchise changing QB. He's going to be the first time the Jaguars have ever had a franchise quarterback. I've heard this, man. Um, I think that's absolute bullshit because Mark Brunel was definitely that and gave you he kept you in every game. He gave you the feeling that you could win any game. He led us on that undefeated season of 1999, asterisk, a couple losses, a few losses to the Titans. He was uh, he was a franchise QB. That's that's no doubt in my mind, man. Hmm. So Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because some people might even say that about, I guess they wouldn't say it about left with Joe Gerrard. Modern day, you know, it hasn't happened in a long time. So, And maybe by franchise quarterback, they mean someone who's going to, I mean, but Brunel did take him far into the playoffs. So it would be unfair saying he wasn't a franchise quarterback because he did it multiple times, you know. And let me count him here. Dude, eight eight solid years. I mean, nine years technically on paper, right? Eight years QBing. That's franchise that is a franchise quarterback legacy right there. How long was Andrew Luck around before he retired? And you know, Burnell went off to other teams after this. So definitely franchise quarterback. Um, definitely the best quarterback the Jack in terms of overall production, def- best quarterback Jaguars have ever had. And and I do hope Lawrence exceeds this, but it's I to me it's not even guaranteed. So I'm gonna put it right there. Agreed. Cool. Brunel on the fade. Touchdown to Jimmy Smith. Can't throw it any better. Was that the perfect throw? What a nice trip down memory lane, isn't it? <laughs> that was nice, man. I'm getting f- sentimental. We promised ourselves like a short episode. You know, we like these little short. This is this is, this is invaluable. God, we got to do this for like every position group. We're gonna do like weak side linebacker, 2001. Yeah, I, I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, when you look back at every position group. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Drunken Jaguar, a Big Cat Country SB Nation podcast. I'm Bentley Brown at Weld Brown. And I'm a said at that young a said. This has been, uh, I'm kind of emotional right now, man. It's been, it's been a good time. Yeah, they, they got to play that uh, graduation song that as we go on, we remember. You know that song? You know that song, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. All the times we tanked in December. <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> uh, it's been nice, man. It's been nice. We'll, uh, we'll be back soon. We will be back soon. And until then, go Jacks. Go Jacks. Trevor season. <laughs>